We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of Pack-A-Day Podcast, your 365 days a year Packers podcast. I am Jacob Morley. I will be your host today. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ross Uglum. You can find Ross on Twitter at Ross Uglum. Ross, what's going on in your life, man? Any any news? Anything fun going on? Uh, potentially. Potentially, I, I, you you and I are kind of wise to something that's in the works here, and all that I would caution our uh, Pack-A-Day listeners, if uh, if you haven't seen anything already, just stay glued to uh, Jake and I's Twitter accounts. That would be my suggestion. Uh, we've got something pretty massive in the works, so just uh, pay attention to the Twitter sphere. Yeah, not giving away anything, but uh, really excited, really excited. <laughs> so, um, also talking about excited, you know, the regular season is quickly approaching in Green Bay, and what's on everyone's mind, kind of at this time, and you kind of see this type of content, you know, churn through the meat grinder right now, and that's kind of what we're gonna do today too. But Ross and I have our own opinions on what we think the Packers should do with the 
man roster. So Ross actually had a really nice uh, piece out yesterday, Ross, about what you think the 53-man roster should look like. And I guess before we start, Ross, um, tell the people, is this what you think the Packers will do or what the Packers should do? Kind of a mix of both. Um, There's nothing really on this 53 that that I produced that I would have done that I don't think they'll do. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I've got some opinions, too, that, that they might not share. Uh, but, but I would say that this is what I would call a projection and not, not an opinion piece. This, this, is a, this is a projection of what I think uh, the situation is going to end up being. Okay, yeah, and, that's, and basically that's what I did as well. Um, this is what I think they should do, but also you kind of mix it in with kind of what you're hearing if you keep your ear to the ground and, and just kind of read between the lines on things about certain guys. Um, so let's get started. I'll get started with the quarterback position. This is actually a pretty highly contested you know, roster battle, not because Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the team. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is making the team, but who's going to be the backup quarterback? I don't think they keep three this year, Ross, and I think they're going to go with Tim Boyle is, is going to be their backup quarterback. Um, I just think he's he's been so much more consistent than Deshaun Kaiser. And one thing that, quite frankly, I don't understand is when people argue about Deshaun Kaiser's upside compared to Tim Boyle's. Now, Tim Boyle has – his arm talent is, is, is very impressive. I mean, there is not a throw that he can't make. And quite frankly, I think he's just got it between the ears more than Deshaun Kaiser does. That's not that's not an endorsement saying that I think Tim Boyle needs to be a starter in this league. In fact, I'm he's I'm nervous with him as my backup. But that's just how it's going to be with the Packers. They're not going to find anyone that's going to even be remotely close to the level of play that Aaron Rodgers brings. So a young guy like Tim Boyle, I think, at least offers pretty significant upside. Um, Ross, give me your quarterback thoughts. Um, tell me if you disagree with me or if we're, if we're kind of in line on here on this one. No, we're pretty much in lockstep there. My issue is not upside or whatever you know words you want to use. I've always had a problem with Deshaun Kaiser. I evaluated him, uh, you know, pretty poorly, or, or I, I have actually evaluated him accurately, at least so far as what we've seen. Uh, I, the one thing that I, I find with quarterbacks in my years of, of kind of watching these guys is the the one deal that never improves that you don't really see a, a big jump is accuracy if you've got a 59 percent passer in college unless they're absolutely just bombing the ball down the field vertically play after play after play they don't just turn into a 65 percent passer uh in the nfl that's not really how uh that's not really how you know, life works in, in in scouting. It's not how life works in the National Football League. And so that's my issue with Kaiser. It's always been my issue with Kaiser. Yeah, and that's when you start talking that, for me, that's kind of always been the kiss of death as well. When you look at quarterbacks, completion percentages, obviously you got to look at it with context. Um, you know, drop passes, receivers, or something that I think can be factored into that. Um, but I do agree with you 100%. I don't know if there's a guy that you can point to that was an inaccurate passer in college and then took any type of coaching 
and was better. I mean, there might be one or two guys, but I could probably list you 50 for every one you come up with. Um, so, yeah, so so far we're we're in lockstep, like you said. Aaron Rodgers, Tim Boyles, quarterbacks of the Green Bay Packers. I don't think the Packers will go out and get anyone else. I just don't see it. Um, running back position. This is where it gets a little bit weird for me, and I, and I think you got to kind of read between the lines with this because I saved a roster position at the running back position initially. So that's the key word here, initially, for me. Um, obviously, Aaron Jones on the roster, Jamal Williams on the roster, uh, Danny Vitale on the roster. That's it for initial cuts. Um, and the reason I think that is because I don't think Trey Carson is worth a roster spot at, at the moment, especially not on this initial roster. I think there is uh, 25 other Trey Carsons in the league that we could probably the Packers could probably go get at any point in time. Uh, Dexter Williams would be a tough cut just because he is a six-round draft pick, but that's when, when I say you start reading between the lines. I think Matt LaFleur has been uh, disappointed, to say the least, in Dexter Williams. I, I think uh, he isn't necessarily flashing like I, they wanted him to, so I think they cut him. But I think about two days later they bring him back. And the reason for that is the two two reasons really and i'm going to jump ahead on some positions but i think you got equinamius st brown and you got oren burks who it looks like they're on the the good side they're getting good news about their injuries but i do think eq especially would be a very good candidate to be put on the injured reserve with the designation to return and if they do that they need to carry him on the roster so i think he could be a guy that is carried on the roster they, they go through that initial wave, and then he's put on that IR. Uh, I think Dexter Williams, honestly, would, would probably clear waivers if they want to bring him back. Or they could go out, and there's plenty of serviceable young um, third-string third, you know, third string running backs that they could probably go get their hands on and be plenty happy with. Um, Ross, what are your thoughts on that? And then what are your thoughts on the running back position? I would have kind of been able to go with you on that train, except for my own evaluation of Dexter Williams and all the nice things that Brian Gutekunst had to say about Dexter Williams today uh, in his press conference. After listening to Goody today, I, I feel like what I've always felt, and that's just that they're not going to play him anyway, or they're going to try not to play him. Uh, they have lots of single back stuff in the offense for Vitaly, And other than that, the, the ball carrying load um, is is you know figures to very much be uh, Jones and Williams. So I don't think they care right now. You know I I don't think they care. <laughs> to be blunt, I, I think that his issues are mental and potentially with pass protection, and those are the two easiest things to fix. You know, improve your pass block technique, get in the playbook. What can't you fix? The ability to accelerate, vision, his natural gifts, you just can't replicate. And Trey Carson does not have those gifts. Yeah, no, he does. And that's what I mean. Like, Trey Carson is a guy you can go, you know, you can pick up any day of the week, you know, as weird as that sounds for an NFL caliber player. But there are there are Trey Carsons out there. But I'm going to play on your heartstrings a little bit here because I think, you know, they're going to have to try to save a roster spot somewhere. And, if they're not going to play Dex, then why roster him right away? And so I think it might come down to, at least for me, looking at especially the offense, it might come down to a 
Who do you like more? Do you, would you rather have a Darius Shepard on your team, or would you rather have a Dexter Williams? I mean, I, I, I've got them both, and I, my numbers add up to fifty-three, so, I'm, so I'm fine. So, and we'll yeah, we'll get to that later because I'll, I'll be curious to see where you where you did save a roster spot there, and actually. I could probably do that too here online. But anyways, we'll move on to the the wide receiver position, which is the t- this you know, it's the toughest one to to sort through. There's so many guys on this list that I like. There's so many guys on this list that I think a lot of people like. So, um obviously Devontae on the, on the list, um MVS on the list, Geronimo on the list. I think those are your three locks. I think Kumaro is essentially a lock. After that it gets interesting. Um for me, what I would do is I just I love what Trevor Davis brings to this team. I love the skill set that he possesses. I think you know those jet sweeps, those fake jet jet sweep actions are going to be um, vital to what Matt Fuller wants to do. So I think he's on this team. You know, couple that with the fact that he's an excellent return man. He's an excellent gunner. He's just he's he's a guy that's going to bring you a lot of value as your fifth receiver. And then my sixth receiver. I think you start talking about, okay, Darius Shepard or Alan Lazard. And for me, and I'm trying to take trying to take my NDSU glasses off here, but I, I, I just think Shepard's the guy. And the reason for that is because if you talk about, you can't say Trevor Davis brings all this stuff to this team and then, and then turn around and say, well, that's why they're going to cut Shep. I, I think the opposite. I think if Trevor Davis brings all this stuff to the team, then why wouldn't they want another guy that has a at least a similar skill set to that, that can do similar things? I mean, Trevor Davis has not played a full 16-game season either. So Trevor Davis goes down, which he has in the past, and hopefully he stays healthy, but he goes down, let's say he does. Who's your return man? You know, Shepard has proven he's, he's more than adequate re- returning kicks. We already know he's a good punt returner. Um, so for me, for that reason, that's why he's my sixth receiver, uh, which then, of course, Alan Lazard does not make the team. He'd be the tough guy to cut, I suppose. Um, and then for me, I have EQ you know, going to that IR uh, with the designation to return. Ross, um, thoughts on the wide receiver position? I'm exactly with you. I'm trying to sneak EQ onto the IR uh, return, and I'm trying to sneak Alan Lazard onto the uh, practice squad because – one Darius Shepard is already on the roster. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and that's actually when we fast forward to guys practice squad, Alan Lazard would be the guy, the guy that I would give a big fist pump for if he was able to to be on the practice squad. Um, the tight end position. This one's weird for me. I, and I'll let you start with this one, Ross, and give me your thoughts. Um, but it, it's not exciting, <laughs> you know? Um, so I want to hear what your thoughts are on the tight end position. I mean, no, it's not exciting. I think it's been obvious since uh, the start of camp, whether, you know, Farrell McKeever, uh, David Bayless, whatever, it, it's just not going to happen. Packers have, in my opinion, a pretty obvious plan in place in that they've got two veteran guys that they at least somewhat believe in, and Mercedes Lewis and Jimmy Graham that aren't going to be on the roster in 2020. You know, it's just not going to happen. And the, the, the guys that they are going to, uh, you know, attempt to fill those spots with are Robert Tanyan and Jay Sternberger. Tanyan, a high upside undrafted guy, and then Jay Sternberger, a top 100 pick of theirs uh, this year. But I, I think this is darn near going to be a redshirt year for Sternberger. That's just 
life as a as a rookie tight end. So that those are your four, and I think four is a sensible number, and I think four is the number that makes sense for you know for this roster. Yeah, and I'm same. I mean, we're 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 in agreement there, and the only thing that I you know I would hope for as a as a fan would be that Robert Tanyan would have been able to overtake Mercedes Lewis and then only carry three just because Jimmy Graham and that's what's that's what's not exciting to me is is Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis on this team like I 100% why get why they would keep both of them but they just they are what they are you know Jimmy Graham is probably less of than what we really remember him Mercedes Lewis kind of is too uh, Sternberger, I you know I love Jay Sternberger. He was one of my guys in this last year's draft class. But even I'll, I even admitting during draft season that he's probably going to need a year. Um, Tanyan is really the one guy that I think we could look to on this roster from the tight end position that might surprise this year. And I hope he does. He's looked you know he's obviously flashed in the preseason. Got to do it in the regular season. So we'll see there. Um, kind of a. Just, just an odd positional group, I guess. You got guys out the door, and then you got two guys up and coming. And there's not really a way that you can save a roster spot with any of the four. So, I agree with you. I think that's the four um, offense. I, the way I split this up, Ross, for offensive line was I wanted to look at their offensive tackle depth, and then I wanted to look at their interior offensive line. So, um, starting with offensive tackle, I only have three guys that are true. O tackles, and that's Debach, obviously Belaga, obviously is on the team, and then Alex Light it seems like he's, you know, he's really clearly made himself the the backup swing tackle. Uh, so as far as offensive tackle, did you keep anyone else besides those three guys that would specifically be just an offensive tackle? No, I did not. No, I think um, what I mentioned, you know, was the versatility of. Uh, other guys, Elton Jenkins can play right tackle if you need him to. Billy Turner can play right tackle if you need him to, and uh, McCray has played like every position on the line in a regular season game. So, uh, you know, just keeping the three tackles is fine. You know, when you're in a position to roster as many guys that can play a little bit of tackle if you need them to. And here's what I think is is more because I agree with you. I think. Your interior offensive line, you got a bunch of guys that are versatile. But if, let's say, Bulaga goes down or Bakhtiari goes down for uh, you know for three games or whatever it is, do they shuffle or do would you think they would just plug in Alex Light? Like, who do you think would get the first crack at it? Oh, if if Bakhtiari went down, yeah, let's say yeah, that. yeah, Alex Light. They wouldn't mess around with that. Yeah, they. I, you just put Alex Light in at left tackle and pray, you know. Yeah. Um, but you you wouldn't shuffle the rest of the line. Uh, it, it, maybe you give a chip on that side, or you play Mercedes over there, or or whatever. But no, you wouldn't weaken the rest of your line just to fix the the Bakhtari situation. Yeah. And do you think they do the same with Bulaga then too? Uh that was a little trickier. Because I think you could pick, you could potentially kick Billy out, right? And that's if you if you make the argument best five on the field. I think you know whoever loses the Elton Jenkins Lane Taylor battle, then you'd be looking at you know kicking Billy out and then plugging one of those guys in. But hopefully that's not something they even have to deal with. And hopefully Alex Light 
you, you would hope that he would just be a guy they can throw out there and play because truthfully if he can you're probably looking at Alex Light as the starting right tackle you know in 2020-21 uh, interior offensive line this again this is interesting because I think you can with the versatility I think here this is where you can save a roster spot um, if you want if you want to <laughs> you know that's a tricky one because it's offensive line is one of those positions that it's just man if you got a guy that can play you keep him. that's that's just kind of how it is um, but before I go Ross I'll let you give me your interior offensive line keepers yeah so I went with Elton uh, Corey Lindsley Billy Turner Madison, McCray, and Patrick. Uh, so if you are looking for Lane Taylor, you're, you're going to keep looking. Uh, I, I released Taylor and saved that money, rolled it into next year's cap. I just I felt like Jenkins is the best player uh, available. They invested a second-round pick in him. He is one of the better pass-blocking interior linemen rookie prospects I've ever seen. And that allows you to, you know, keep Madison around. And then McCray and Patrick have just proven that while they might not play at an all-pro level, the lights aren't too bright. They're not going to embarrass themselves. They're not going to get Rodgers murdered. Okay, so cool. So we have a discrepancy here. Great. <laughs> Fun to talk about. So I kept – so I disagree. I, I keep Lane Taylor. I, I don't get rid of him, even if he's not starting. So my guys are Corey Lindsley – Billy Turner, Lane Taylor, Elton Jenkins, Lucas Patrick, and Justin McRae. And the reason I don't get rid of Lane Taylor is just because, you know, I, I think back to two years ago where they essentially were playing with five guards uh, as their offensive line, and, and that left tackle was just, you know, a, a revolving door. And they threw Lane Taylor out there at left tackle, and he was a guy that kind of solidified that for two games. So I think he truthfully could be a guy that – could back up you know five positions if you need him to and his cap hit is you know three and a half million next year which isn't cheap you know but it's not expensive either and kind of going back to if you got a guy if you have a guy that can play on the offensive line there's such there's such a, it's almost there's such a need for offensive line play in the NFL so it, it, I would be hard pressed to get rid of Lane Taylor next year you know when his contract's up yeah like he's he's gone but as of right now, I, I keep him as of right now. Cole Madison was my tough cut here. He, and that's where I saved a roster spot. And we'll get to that later just because of injuries at another position. Um, so have you, got, have you got eight total offensive linemen then instead of nine? I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, I got nine. I got nine. Lenny didn't save a roster spot. You did for – what do you mean, for you or me? Well, I guess you're right. Madison would have made I mean, it ten. In total, like nine yeah. is a pretty standard number. Yeah, Madison would have made it 10. So what did I do? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Yeah, I got 9. Yeah, so I guess not. You're right. I really saved a roster spot at the running back position. Um, yeah, we just have – I have Cole and you have – Lane. Yeah. Lane. Yeah. That's the only difference. Yeah, you're right. So um, I guess what I should have said is Cole would have been my tough cut there. He'd be a guy sure. I would want to sneak onto the practice squad. He would have been my, my next man up. Um, okay, so the defensive end position, I would almost guarantee we don't have similar guys here um, because I went a little weird. So I got um, Dean, got, I got Dean Lowry, Montrevious, uh, Kingsley Kiki, 
And a guy that I think has really flown under the radar this preseason um, is James Looney. He's a guy that, for me, he just keeps flashing. Um, and I kept him I kept him for that reason. He was a draft pick last year, um, didn't make the roster last year, was a practice squad guy. I think he was called up at the end of last year. Um, and I just like his skill set. You know, he's a, he's a plus nine RAS type guy. Um, and I think he's a guy that's worth developing. So uh, those I kept four DNs this year for the for the Packers. Ross, what did you do at that position? I kept five total defensive linemen. Woo! Uh, five total. Yeah, because and the reason for that being uh, because I have extra three techs. Um, I've got if I need them, I, I've got uh, Zadarius Smith and Rashawn Gary, and in a pinch, I've even got Reggie Gilbert. Um, so I, I have five total defensive linemen. Uh, I cut Looney. I cut Fadal. I cut Deion Simon. So I've got two one-techs in Kenny Clark and Dean La- uh, Tyler Lancaster. And then I've got Montrevious Dean and Kings of Kiki. That's, that's, who I've, that's who I've got. And we're going to try and get Deion Simon on the practice squad just in case we need another one-tech. Old man Simon? 26-year-old? Yeah, old man Simon. <laughs> okay, so we, what's that? But we didn't do that, you know. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't slash. Didn't slash. Don't have, uh, you know, guys on other teams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we actually were in. Besides me liking Looney more than you, we had a similar thought process there because I actually thought I went light there as well with um, six because I, I kept everyone you did except Looney. Um, got Kenny Clark and Tyler Lancaster with the exact same thought process. You got. You know, you got the Smiths and, and Rashawn Gary that can kick inside and will this year. So um, I don't know if we need to get into the the one tech. That's you know we both it's get just in a situation where you're playing with two defensive linemen on eighty percent of the plays. You know, so if you're playing with two two defensive linemen, why do you need seven on the roster? You know, when when like I said, I think five will do uh especially when you've got so many edge guys that can kick in there yeah 100 percent. I'm, I'm with you there um so let's get to the edge then these edge guys that they got I, I would probably guess that we kept the same guys unless you kept an extra one here but i kept you know the smith brothers rashawn gary kyler fackrell reggie gilbert did you do anything different there i did not nope i i wanted to get rid of gilbert all season all off season just because i I don't see like literally any upside. <laughs> uh, I think he is what he is, and what he is is a replacement level pass rusher that has very little athleticism and was a lot better in preseason than he's ever been in a game that counts. Yep. And I know that sounds harsh, but hey, he's more valuable right now than the other edges on the roster. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys fighting to be on this team. So uh, the fact that I kind of have him in there as a guarantee should say something. Yeah. And that's, and the other guy, I think the only guy that maybe you, you tinker with, with him is Randy Ramsey. But then you talk about a uh, replacement level limited athlete, like, okay, so is Ramsey just a younger Reggie Gilbert? Probably. So just give me the guy that's been there for three years or four years, whatever it is, if, if you got to roster him. So um, that's kind of the Ramsey thought process. And, yeah, Ramsey and Shepard were the two guys that Gutekunst pointed out by name um, out of this undrafted free agent class. Yeah, and Ramsey is a guy that I, you know, I have him as on my short list of practice squad guys. I think he's flashed 
you know, in in preseason, but you know, edge rushers edge rusher is a position that I I buy I buy into the athleticism. I really do. Oh yeah, and not all edge rushers are elite athletes, but most of them are. Right, and especially a guy a bottom of your roster guy, you just you know, for every James Harrison, there's a hundred other guys that you never heard of. You know, um, so this this position I thought was interesting, and I posted this on Twitter yesterday. And this is where the most contention came from from people that read it. And I totally I get it for the in, inside linebacker position because I kept five, but the only reason I kept five is just because I think you got two guys that you you don't really know about right now. You don't want to release them because you want to keep them, but you also don't know how long they're going to be out. And that's Burks, Oren Burks and Curtis Bolton are two guys that I think have played well enough. Obviously, Burks is a high draft pick. Bolton has played well enough to be on this roster and, and even push Bolt and even push Burks for that second inside linebacker spot. But so what does that leave you with if you roster four of them? And, you know, say you keep Blake, Oren, Curtis Bolton, and Ty Summers. Really, you've, you've rostered four, but you only have two that can play right now. Um, so I kept I kept a fifth in, in Brady Sheldon, um, and that could be a that could be a spot that you know maybe Goody goes out and and scans the waiver wire for. But I I think Brady Sheldon is, has played well enough to be cons- at least considered um, if they if they go that route of not knowing what they have with injuries and they're kind of in a, they're kind of in a bind here. Truthfully, it's kind of a weird kind of a weird situation they're in. Ross, what did, what did you do with that situation? Yeah, so I, I want to admit that if you are uh, finding my 53-man roster in the Magic Place that it was published, um, we, you know, we are. Uh, I, I was at a disadvantage time-wise. The Oren Burks clarification came out afterwards. I had Oren and Cor- I had Oren and Curtis Bolton both as IR candidates, not as cuts, but as IR candidates. And so I had Martinez, Summers, Crawford, and Sheldon all making the roster as the four. Um, and and that's one place maybe where I obviously saved a roster spot over you. I would say, though, that Sheldon becomes a perfect uh, candidate for the practice squad and that they, they roll with Martinez, Summers, Burks, and Crawford. Uh, with Bolton potentially as an IR return candidate, because just because just because Bolton says he doesn't have a torn ACL doesn't mean that he's going to be back in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, and that's and you know Bolton could be yeah absolutely could be a guy well, that as well as I think Curtis has played and the nice things I've said about him that doesn't mean they feel the same way. You know that doesn't mean that the Packers were sliding him in for thirty five snaps a game like I was. Yeah. No, you're that's true. We don't we're not privy to that information whatsoever. And and Bolton is a guy that you know, you only have to and correct me if I the the IR designation is kind of wonky. You have to you have to roster the guy if you are going to bring him back. Yeah, you like, like they you could IR, if th- you get IR before the cutdowns, you are not coming back. And so that that'll be interesting to kind of see what they think of Bolton, you know, what they do with him. You know, they could just outright cut him. You know, last year we they had two undrafted rookie free agents that, you know, Packers Twitter kind of liked as well, and they didn't keep either of them. So you never know. Um, and they might they very well may just IR him. 
and and say, hey, come back next year. You know, better luck next year. I hope stay healthy. Um, so that's that'll be interesting. Um, and it's kind of turned into an interesting position to keep an eye on with the 53. Um, the cornerback position is, I think this is pretty much what people want right here, and it's straightforward. you got Jair, Kevin King, Tony Brown, Tremont Williams, Josh Jackson, Kadar Holman. Um, did you do anything different? Uh, I did not. Nope. I love Chandon. I don't think he's going to make the team. Uh, I think they would be doing absolute backflips if they could sneak Chandon Sullivan onto the practice squad. Yep, same. He's on my practice squad, squad shortlist. Um, and I think that's probably the that's probably the easiest position because I think you just put it perfectly because Chandon is really only the other guy that I think has proven he, he may be able to play in the NFL. And the top six are guys that I think are pretty, pretty cut and dry. So the safety position um, – is interesting as well and i'm going into this with the with the idea that tremont can play safety in a pinch and i only kept three with ibrahim campbell on the pub i'm waiting for him to come back so the three i kept were the three obvious ones adrian amos darnell savage uh raven green Um, i didn't want to keep jamerson i just you know it kind of came down to him and inside linebacker depth for me and I went with the depth just because I think Jamerson is probably you're talking about the you know probably the 50 plus guys on the roster you know 51, 52, 53 really bottom of the roster guys when you get to this third safety spot um, and there's not really anyone that screams you have to roster them um, after those three. Ross, what are your thoughts on the safety position? And that's where I stole uh, a roster spot from the linebackers. You know. Um, I, I utilized five here. Uh, I brought Campbell up, and then Natrell Jamerson was literally my 53rd guy. I mean, he was my last guy in, and it was between him and Will Redmond. And, and what my thought was there is that both he and Redmond, in a pinch, can play either corner or safety. Mm-hmm. And so if you are going to, you know, have a, a 53rd guy or a, or a – you know, last guy on the roster, why not have that last guy on the roster able to contribute in more than one way? Because the only way that guy, if he's the last guy that makes your team, is going to meaningfully contribute is if something bad happened. I mean, let's just be honest about it. So uh, that's that's where I'm at with the safety group is Ibrahim uh, and then Darnell, Raven, Adrian, and then uh, Jamerson as kind of a corner slash safety and the same sort of goes for Tremont. He is a corner slash safety as well. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and I guess we had similar thought processes, but mine was just keep Ibrahim on the pup. I don't know when he's going to be ready. When he is, that's when you kind of thin out that inside linebacker position or hope someone's healthy there, ready to come back. Um, but either way, you know, the biggest points of contention on this roster or, you know, and things we talk about now and we get passionate about now are things that, you know, for if week four into the season, hopefully we don't have to see these guys playing, truthfully, um, because these are guys that are depth and these are guys that you're hoping, you know, they've shown you something that you hope you can develop um, in the future. And hopefully the future is next year or the year after that. And the future is not week five because of injuries. Um, but we're all Packers fans and we all know kind of how this goes. 
And sometimes that, that 53rd man turns into someone that's covering Julio Jones in the NFC Championship game. Just just the way it goes sometimes. Um, as far as special teams, uh, I went with Crosby, J.K. Scott, Hunter Bradley. I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that you didn't do anything different than that, Ross. Um, seems kind of like that's what the Packers want to do. Um, going kind of long here, but what are, I mean, some guys, the practice squad shortlist guys, I'll just, I'll just run through them. Um, just guys that I think have shown at least enough that I would want to keep them around the organization. Um, Yosh Nijman, I think, is just a ball of clay. Dexter Williams, obviously, talked about him. Chandon Sullivan is a guy I'd love to keep. Uh, Jamon Moore is interesting. I, if they can slip him on the practice squad and he's okay with that, I would do that. Uh, Randy Ramsey, KBN Ento are, are some guys that I think the Packers, or I would like the Packers to keep around. Ross, do you have any practice squad shortlist type guys? Uh, not really. I mean, just like, like I said, if you go in and look through, uh, you know, the article that I wrote, just go into the comments and, and the explanations. And I'll, if I really feel strongly about somebody, I'll, I'll mention that, you know, this guy just about made it. And if you're a just about made it kind of guy for me, then the obvious next step is the practice squad. Hey, where can we find that article? Uh, like I said, keep, uh, <laughs> you know, if you want to do your own research and, and figure it out, Go ahead, but until then, just keep your eyes peeled uh, to at Jacob Morley and at Ross Uglum on Twitter. All right, will do. I'll do that. Um, Ross, thanks for joining me as always. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, We're close, friends. I think we're under two, obviously under two weeks until we have actual real Bullets are live, Packers football, and until then, go Pack Go. First and 10 from the 17 to San Francisco. Get Jones around the right end, gets a block, makes the turn, 10 to the 5, to the end zone! Second and 2, 6-yard line to Minnesota, tied at 7 apiece. Graham tight end right side of the line, three receivers punch to the left, Rodgers under center. It's motion to the right, here's the pitch, Jones around the left end. He's got Bakhtiari blocking in front, Jones makes the turn to the pylon, to the end zone! For the touchdown. Second and short. Get Jones. Big hole. Right side. 20. 15. 10. To the end zone. Touchdown. Takes the snap. Delay. Hands it off. Jones up the middle. With a burst. There he is. 15. 10. 5. High stepping. End zone. Touchdown. Packers aren't going anywhere today. They are here to play. 33 yards. Touchdown burst to match the number on the jersey of Aaron Jones. Oh my goodness, what a play. Jimmy Graham wide to the right side. Three receivers bunched tight on the left. Aaron Jones on the left side of the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers in shotgun. And off Jones, picks his way off the right side, fights for the goal line, and did he get in? Yes, he did! Touchdown! Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers, who ducks in under center. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here's the handoff up the middle. Big hole, straight ahead. Here's Aaron Jones, off to the races, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, down the left sideline, and he's out of bounds. Inside the 10 of the 5-yard line of Miami. Aaron Jones with a first, 67 yards.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.